Hello and welcome to Gully Boys of Cricket, the voice of fans. I'm your host Prakash Wadwa and today we have Aaron Kumar from England joining us. So welcome to the show Aaron. Good to see you again. There's a lot going on in the world of cricket. So today let's let's talk about the world leadership of cricket. A lot of decision making which is happening in the world of cricket. and also we have recently had the world cup anniversary we have seen some reactions of fans and you know how the cricket community still feels about it it's been one year but it hardly felt like one year so get us going aaron what are your observations with everything that has been going around say in the last month or so sure well, first of all yeah good to be back with you prakash um you're absolutely right i mean it's time's really flown hasn't it i know there's been various things going on across the world and obviously that result for me is always about fairness it's about right or wrong it's about justice and that and that was in a microcosm that match and you know i i know obviously the england west indies series you you talk about the last month what's happened that's just concluded and um you know congratulations to england they they deserved the the series and, and and they won that but again that's not from a cricketing point of view but i still question the the fairness if you like of that series even going ahead in the first place now i know people might say things are getting slightly better here this and that there's still fears about a second wave in the uk not to make this all about corona and covid but we can't also get away from what's in our daily life we have to be realistic and and face facts about we didn't know this was going to be something that was here 6 months ago it is now we have to I'm all for these people who say get on with our lives get on. yes we we should get on with our lives but we should do it in a way that's safe and that's sensible and I still have question marks Prakash whether that England West Indies series went ahead that it'll be spun we'll hear it it's for the good of the game that went ahead it's to get was it or was it because of the big deals with sky that it had to go ahead that 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 that's my concern there and you know you you look at that and for me you made a very good point a couple of months ago Prakash you said that if things shouldn't be done normally in the way that we might expect them to be then should they be happening now you talk about leadership and you ask me that my concern if i look at that england west indies series and we look at fairness and leadership was we discussed and this is not to blame any of the west indies players i actually feel quite sorry for them no given 24 hours to make a decision and even the west indies leadership now while i don't know the ins and outs they they haven't got the same although I've argued maybe here they might have had a slightly stronger position to um to leverage knowing that England desperately needed the series to go ahead I would have thought perhaps the West Indies could have put some safeguards in place for their players but to see two home umpires umpiring for England when we think when I was growing up in the 90s watching we had one home umpire and one overseas and that was deemed to to not work and and they sort of said we have to test every test has to be two overseas umpires now The question I would ask is if India or Australia were coming here under these circumstances do I think that in a test match they would agree to doing this on pies no I don't I I personally don't think they would agree to that do I think they'd agree to Chris Broad now I'm not saying Chris Broad did anything wrong Stuart Broad bowled very well but it's just the whole principle of his father being a match referee in a game that he's playing do I think that's a conflict of interest absolutely that's a conflict of interest so i just think we're seeing inequality still in the game even a year it might be in different ways but i just think there's different ways in terms of the leadership that's just my thought prakash interesting to hear what you think that's that's a great point you know that's a great point i never thought about that that what if you actually brought in this point uh, in one of the previous episodes that what if if australia was 
in this position of West Indies. They wouldn't they won't even tour likely if they had won the Ashes last year. So even starting with that, you know that West Indies and now Pakistan are there in England. You know it shows the state of world cricket right now, and we haven't even started to talk about the IPL and the World T Twenty. What's happening there? So it clearly shows which way the balance of world cricket is right now. First of all, you know that was a great point of the money and everything you brought in before the series, because I saw a lot more conversation on that after the series. That fact was there. That's a fact. We haven't talked about it a lot in the cricket community. Would England go back to the West Indies or Pakistan, like those teams are wanting England to come back and support their cricket? A couple of points to add to that, Prakash. It's a really good point. First of all, you talk about the money being mentioned. Now, a couple of things, not to sort of deviate too far away from what you're saying, but we talk about this biosecure bubble that the, that the players were placed in. Now, apparently, it's protocol in England that the home teams, that would be England, are allowed to make their own way to a game. But surely if you're in a biosecure environment, if the away, these are not, if they're saying these are not normal times, they're having to go through all these steps, then the West Indies are getting in a coach, a team bus to go to the, from Southampton to Manchester. You would, because it's a long drive, you know, it's a three, four hour drive. So some of them, one of them might have needed to stop in a bathroom or something. And that's technically, you know, if we're, if we're following the rules, then technically they could, you know, be, be breaching, you know, or, or not be sort of, or, or be coming into to danger. Now, Jofra Archer, as we all know, before the second test, stopped off home um, to, you know, for whatever reason, and he was in breach. Now, England did the right thing. They had no choice. They had to, because he's breached the thing. But firstly, I'd question why was there no team bus there for the whole team? Because if you're going to do this, you do it properly. I mean, you can't expect the players to travel all the way down and not have that have that thing. But secondly, I was absolutely disgusted, Prakash. Ashley Giles, the director of English cricket, they asked him what his thoughts were on Joffrey Archer's breach. Now, rather than just saying, um, you know, we've been dealt with and it was a breach and whatever, his first thing was it could have put the, put the series in jeopardy and it could have cost us millions of pounds. That, that was his reaction. It wasn't about someone, the team could have correct contract for Corona, there were risks at stake, health risks. At least use him as a role model to other kids because, you know, just trying to show the dangers. But he actually said it. That was the quote. It was millions of pounds could have been lost. And I I just thought that probably the wrong message to be sending out. I didn't think it was very, um, I I just didn't think it was a good way of approaching it from the director of English cricket, to be honest with you. That was my first reaction when I heard the news that really they're traveling by car. Because the question comes, if if something bad happened, was Joffrey Archer responsible for that? No, for me, it was the responsibility of the organization because you're, you're spending right. so much to create this bio bubble. You know, you are asking people to come there and stay in a hotel for 50 days, locked in a hotel. And then your biosecure bubble is just dependent on such a small thing. I mean, that's not as biosecure as it seems to be then. I'm glad that this series happened the way it happened. It was, you know, a closely fought series on the field. It gave the cricket community something to look forward to. I mean, that's a good thing. But uh, behind this, the whole story or, you know, how the narrative is going behind the scenes, it's definitely not in the long-term good of the game. You know a lot about the West Indian cricket as well. You know, they seem to be in a pretty bad state financially. I don't know how England is going to pay back this gesture or are they even planning to do anything for West Indies? I saw Jason Holder. Jason Holder was saying that 
And I didn't realize this. Not only did the players only have 24 hours to make that decision, as we discussed in the last show, they took a 50% pay cut, Prakash, the ones that came to come. So when you think of all the risks they took coming to this country, when you think for their mental health, they had to come here for a month before the series, be here, pretty much just confined to their hotels and cricket grounds for the whole time. I mean, that by the end of the tour, the West Indies players did look quite fatigued. And you can understand that, you know, to be honest, just being, being locked down here for the whole time. And, and he said that a lot of them has come at real cost to them, 50% of their fees. So he was kind of saying that towards the end of the year, they would be very grateful if, uh, well, not grateful, it would kind of return the favour if England would come there. Because they said the only two series where they actually make a profit now in the West Indies are India and England. That's what they're saying in terms of the fans and the people who come. Obviously, there won't be that much fans now be behind closed doors, but still with the TV revenue and stuff, I, I, I imagine that would do, do them quite well. But it's funny, you've heard a few of the fans almost agree, actually, we do owe the West Indies one, but I haven't really heard much other talk. I know Pakistan is saying they want England to come over in 2022 and their discussions around that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it seems like they're having to fight so hard to get any sort of justice, whereas they've just come over, they've had two home umpires, they've had literally everything has been done you know, that would suit England. They've not even had to get the team bus. They've been allowed, they've been given, a, as, as Michael Holding said, you have to feel for the West Indies. As I say, it's not Geoffrey Archer's responsibility. It was the ECB's, but he can just go home, so to speak, like that. And the other players can just drive up. Whereas the West Indies have come from a relatively safe island to here. And they're away from home. They're with the team the whole time. It must be quite hard when they kind of see a, see a breach like that. And when you consider Phil Simmons, followed everything by the protocol. He had his father-in-law's funeral. He went for the funeral. He was granted permission. But he then self-isolated, stayed in the, in the hotel for 14 days, actually put the assistant coach in charge, watched the first two days of the first test from the balcony. And he was absolutely kind of um, criticising some parts. So you just see, even down to the way the media cover it and the kind of um, the inconsistencies there. So I think that, you know, it, it starts really high up, these, these levels of... And it's the perceptions people then have in their mind, which I think goes a long way to those inequalities, Prakash. You know, I want to end this particular discussion on a positive note because there is, of course, we know the story, what's going on. And, you know, that's how I think the power structure is, unfortunately, right now. I don't know if we can break away from that. It's just the point of how the more powerful people or the leadership actually make sure that the structure stays intact. I think... We have to be grateful and thankful to the West Indian team that they took the step and came out and actually gave confidence to the other community to carry on with the cricket. Because I don't think a lot of these tournaments that we are starting to see would have found that belief or confidence in the scenario to go ahead if England and West Indies had not taken this step to start cricket back. Sure. And also, coming from, uh, from what I'm seeing on IPL and the Indian perspective, I believe England did a good, uh, like a decent job of starting this biosecure environment. Let's be honest. I mean, there's a very good chance that this coronavirus situation is a long-term thing, that we are still dealing with it one year later. In that scenario, it's very wise of England to have started this bio bubble thing so they can actually continue with cricket in long term. Because even looking at India, I know they have scheduled the IPL in the UAE, but if this con- situation continues to be bad in India, they would at some stage want to have some sort of biosecure arrangement within India so they can have their own cricket. So that's a positive for England going forward. That's why they can have Pakistan now. That's why they can have Australia later. So I would say the actual what happened, what transpired, the series, the cricket, that's a positive. Absolutely, that's a positive. 
the motives as to why it happened, that's questionable. I, I don't believe that was all done for the kind of the goodness of cricket and stuff like that. I think we know the reasons why that was done. I think we know the reasons why West Indies and probably Pakistan haven't had the strongest uh, strongest deal in that. But you're right. I think in terms of giving other countries confidence that biosecures can work and it's a way forward and maybe dealing with this is the way to go. Yes, I think that, that, that that's a positive. Um, I, I just think if they're going to do the biosecure, it does bring in some mental health issues in terms of being cooped up and all that. But if the away team are having to do it, I just feel the home side should have to probably uh, do the same thing. Otherwise, it's not really going to work in a true biosecure. But the idea is good. And staying on the leadership theme, on the other side, we are clearly seeing you know, that power is at display in open with what BCCI has got the window for the IPL. You can just look at it many different ways and say that Australia was not able to have the World T20, but I think it's the point of intent. Just like in this case, you know, no matter how much money power was involved behind the scene in the England, West Indies and Pakistan, England tour, but it's about intent. England said, I want this tour to happen so I don't lose this money and they made it happen. You know, same thing with the World T20. If there was intent to make it happen, it would happen. If, uh, you know, people can always argue that it's 15 teams versus or 16 teams versus eight. Well, if you can do it for eight teams, you can do it for 16 teams. And power is completely a display where it is, England and uh, India. And at times I wonder if Australia is falling out of it. I, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. I think um, because if Australia, not to say that they're not, one of the cricketing superpowers, of course they are, but you, I, I absolutely do have to share that same view because I wonder if the IP, sorry, World T20 was to be in England or to be in India. Of course, India would be very keen. Let's just say if it was in England, I think that would be very interesting if it was to be held in England because of course, India would want to have a window for their IPL, but would England be as quick to kind of, I'm not so sure, I think that could have proposed, and you're right, the fact that They've almost worked out an arrangement, haven't they, where India are going to keep holding it next year like planned and Australia are going to have it in 2022. But yeah, I'm not sure England would have been ready to kind of just go for two years without holding a tournament. So it does make you think, are Australia still in that big three or is there kind of the big two and then a bit of a, a bit of a gap? We will continue this conversation with Aaron Kumar on the next episode of Kali Boys of Cricket. We'll talk more on the World Cup final anniversary and observations. Thank you for listening to Gully Boys. I'll see you on the next one.